I'm going to say this at the expense of actually dating me, but it doesn't matter. It's all for transparency and medical education, right? I remember when this whole concept of IV and then oral antibiotics for preterm pre-labor rupture of membranes was groundbreaking news. It was in 1997 in the Journal of the American Medical Association, where the group of researchers out of the National Institute of Child Health and Human Development, MFM Units Network, first published that IV antibiotics followed by a course of oral antibiotics can increase the latency period in the setting of preterm pre-labor rupture of membranes. And it wasn't just that it increased latency, but it decreased fetal morbidity. This was called the Mercer trial. Now, Mercer et al. first published IV ampicillin and IV erythromycin, followed by oral amoxicillin and erythromycin to complete a total of seven days. We're all familiar with that. Two days of IV antibiotics and then five days of oral medications. We get that. But recently, we've been facing an IV erythromycin national shortage. Well, enter azithromycin, a similar macrolide, and the data has already shown that it's a great substitute when IV erythromycin is just not available. We know it's cost-effective, and we know that it increases latency just like erythromycin. But new data over the last really about three years has now shown one distinct true clinical advantage of using azithromycin over erythromycin in the original Mercer protocol. Yep, we know it's cost-effective, and we know that it helps with latency just like erythro, but this one clinical advantage is the reason why some are calling for it to take the place of erythromycin in the AMP and erythro Mercer protocol. All right, we're going to talk about it. This is covering a new, soon-to-be-released publication out of the Gray Journal. It hasn't come out yet. It was just released as a publication ahead of print in the Gray Journal just at the end of December 2021. It actually came out on the 29th of December 2021, and the paper print or the electronic print is still pending. The title is Erythromycin versus Azithromycin for the Treatment of Preterm Pre-Labor Rupture of Membranes. This is a systematic review and meta-analysis. Ready? Let's get to that now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, I'm going to get into the data, but before I do, I need to give a shout out to the corresponding author because Mark is actually out of the Baylor College of Medicine here in Texas. So it's a shout out to my home state because Baylor College of Medicine is a fantastic medical institution, and I'm proud of them for putting together the systematic review. Just a quick clarification. As we said in the intro, we already know that azithromycin is a good substitute when we can't get IV erythro, right? We've already known that. That's already been published. Equal latency. It's cost-effective. So what does this new research tell us? 
Well, the benefit of this new research, this new publication, is that it's a systematic review and meta-analysis. Most of the other studies have been from single centers. So when you put this together as a meta-analysis, the validity of those other findings really comes through. There are a variety of azithromycin protocols out there. Now, remember, this is not to be used alone. This is always in combination with ampicillin and then oral amoxicillin. But the traditional azithromycin substitution has been 500 milligrams IV every 24 hours for two doses, in other words, for two days, followed by 250 milligrams PO daily for five days. The alternative has been 500 milligrams PO every 24 hours for two doses, followed by 250 milligrams PO daily for the remainder of the five. Again, I do the 500 milligrams IV every 24 hours for two days. And I know that there's other protocols out there, like some do one gram oral and then that's it for five days and then add something else for two. There's all these different flavors, but most of the data has followed the traditional use of 500 milligrams IV every 24 hours for two doses, followed by 250 milligrams PO daily for five days. Okay, now back to this publication. This meta-analysis included five studies with 1,289 women identified. The mean length of latency in women with preterm, pre-labor rupture of membranes was similar in individuals treated with erythromycin versus azithromycin. However, the median point prevalence of clinical choreo was 25% in women who received erythromycin compared to 14% for those who administered azithromycin. The overall clinical choreomneonitis rate in women that had been given azithromycin was much lower compared to women that had received erythromycin with a pooled odds ratio of 0.53. Okay, so here's the big clinical pearl and here's that clinical advantage that I was talking about at the intro. Remember, other studies have actually found this clinical advantage, but they were single site. Now that it's done through a systematic review and as a meta-analysis, and this clinical finding still stands, that's a big advantage. So this meta-analysis demonstrated that in the setting of preterm, pre-labor rupture of membranes, women who received azithromycin not only have similar latency periods, but they actually have lower rates of clinical choreo when compared to those that were administered erythromycin. There were also similar rates of neonatal sepsis, respiratory distress syndrome, and perinatal death that were noted between the two macrolide treatment groups. So the big clinical advantage is, everything else aside, it seems to prevent the development of clinical choreo better than the traditional use of erythromycin. It's a good place to stop here and just briefly touch on the micro of what's going on here, okay? Remember that PPROM typically is a result of polymicrobial subclinical infection of the choreamniotic membrane or the amniotic fluid. And that's why using a macrolide like erythromycin or azithromycin that covers for things that are not just gram-positive and gram-negative, but urea plasma species is so vital because those are key in the development of this whole PPROM pathogenic process. Erythromycin, with its rapid oral absorption and pelvic tissue penetration, does provide effective coverage for this polymicrobial environment. When combined with ampicillin, these two agents have overlapping and complementary antimicrobial activity.
So this combination of these agents in oral or IV form are more effective in treating the organisms identified in the amniotic fluid of women with preterm pre-labor rupture of membranes than either agent alone. Remember that erythromycin was one of the first macrolides used clinically, and then came the more advanced generation macrolides like azithromycin or clarithromycin that have a broad spectrum of antimicrobial activity, and that's why they help with this latency in PPROM. Now, all macrolides are effective against gram-positive aerobic bacteria, atypical pathogens, and anaerobes, but azithromycin exhibits greater activity against gram-negative organisms. Now, if somebody asks you, well, wait a minute, why are you using azithromycin when that doesn't cross through the placenta, so we're not going to use that? Well, wait a minute, it's deeper than that. So let's clarify that because that's a great clinical pearl. Azithromycin is especially noted for its elevated and extended concentrations at site of infection. These advanced generation macrolides, like azithromycin, are exceedingly concentrated within polymorphonuclear leukocytes, which are attracted, of course, by chemotactic processes to site of infection. Y'all follow that? In other words, they go into PMNs where there's infection. Is that making sense now? Remember we said that PPROM usually is a result of subclinical or clinical choreamniotic or infection processes. So this is the advantage of azithromycin. So in this setting, fetal exposure to azithromycin may relate primarily to maternal monocyte transfer into the amniotic fluid rather than the more traditional mechanism of placental drug transfer. So you can go, yeah, you know, azithromycin may not get through the placenta, but it can get into the white blood cells that get into the placental tissue and get into the fetal compartment and the amniotic fluid compartment. So that's likely the mechanism of action of this clinical advantage of reduced clinical choreo because tied together to its higher tissue concentration and its longer half-life and its ability to work against even enteric pathogens like E. coli compared to erythromycin, this is where its clinical benefit really lies. All right, now that we're at the end, let's finish by stating the conclusions and the implications of this new research according to the study authors. They state, quote, In summary, This meta-analysis notes similar lengths of latency but lower rates of clinical chorioamnionitis in women with PPROM when treated with azithromycin compared to erythromycin. These findings, with the improved cost-effectiveness of azithromycin in this scenario, suggest using azithromycin over erythromycin. Now here's where it gets interesting, okay? The authors go on to say, quote, Organizations, that's like ACOG, involved in national guideline development, weighing the harms and benefits in the context of the current strengths of evidence that they've just presented, should now seek to change or revise the existing recommendation for the use of the macrolide erythromycin with preterm pre-labor rupture of membranes to allow for this alternative macrolide regimen, end quote. In other words, they're saying, hey, don't put azithromycin as a substitute just when you can't get IV erythro. But maybe we should move in Zithromax all the way up 
to replace erythromycin. Remember, this study is not talking about using azithromycin or erythromycin alone. This is still in the context of IV ampicillin followed by PO amoxicillin for the full seven days. So this is not as monotherapy. But, of course, it has to be said, ideally, it would be helpful for ACOG or SMFM to look at the data, revise, and edit the current recommendations because we know it's cost-effective, increases latency, and azithromycin seems to prevent clinical choreo better than erythromycin. Well, that brings us to a wrap. We have covered a new systematic review and meta-analysis coming out soon in the Gray Journal. The lead author is Rachel Simon. As always, thank you for being part of our podcast family, and we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.